it's more user error than a technology error, really. <laughs> well, at least you're man enough to admit it. <laughs> yeah, no, it's it's totally me. <laughs> Hi, it's me. I'm the problem. It's me. We're not even into the episode st- yet. I was like, we didn't even start the episode yet. When these dads meet world, watching boy meets world. We grew up on the show, now we have kids, and host a podcast. We watch each episode and then share our thoughts and grades. When these dads meet world. They want you to take the roles. They do. They want you to take the roles. Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of Dad's Meet World, your weekly uh, deep dive into that classic show known as Boy Meets World. I am one of your dads taking you through this journey of this episode, Tyler, and joining me is... I'm Brett, your other dad, who is your guide to this seminal episode. Yes. Brett, this is a unofficial two-part episode would you say i would say so yes uh in the days of when tv wasn't really serialized i'd say this was an early peak at serialization yeah i mean later on the show we will get true like part one part two episodes but this is like a truly unofficial like Whatever, like, the things that they set up this episode really come into play next episode. So that's why, for me, I'm like, this is basically a two-part episode. Because, also, unfortunately, spoiler alert, you know, Dana, uh, she's here this episode. She comes back next episode. Yay! And then we don't see her for another two seasons. (laughs) (laughs) As uh, she's off on the other side of the school. <laughs> yes. Uh, weird. But yeah, uh, also, <laughs> we'll get there eventually, but this is just another episode that proves that continuity means nothing to the creators of the show. Like, they will throw in anyone and everybody that is relevant to the plot into any classroom that they have whatsoever. Um We'll get more into that later. At least it's not English like it was last season, because I swear everything important happened in English class. But Oh, yes. yeah, Brett, uh, how was your Thanksgiving? Thanksgiving was nice uh, and quiet. It was just us at the house, and uh, my brother stopped by, and uh, a good friend of ours stopped by as well. Uh, so nice, very low-key, very unplugged vibes. And then I just got back a little while ago from our city's tree lighting ceremony Ooh. where uh, Santa even comes down from the North Pole to arrive on a uh, ladder truck with the town mayor to uh, kick off the festivities. And uh, nice. I'm not sure if it happens every year or not, <laughs> but loads of fireworks i mean i was not expecting the budget to be this big for fireworks for this uh, at the same time as a tree was lit up well i mean i've driven on the roads of your community so i mean it's we're a nice we're a nice (laughs) city i mean we've got a decent budget i mean we're not a we're, we're not poor as a community but yeah, I was expecting like a five-minute thing, but it went on for almost 15 minutes. Wow, that's pretty impressive. 
I mean, I'm not complaining at all. I'm just thinking, wow, this is more than I was expecting. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, the kids even got to see a couple of live reindeer. So nice. Yeah, good evening. How was you your Thanksgiving? Black Friday, Friday shopping? Uh, no, none at all. Oh, I wow. stayed home. I don't do any of the in-person Black Friday deals. <laughs> ah, so you did it all online, I see. Oh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> How was Thanksgiving for you, Tyler? Oh, Thanksgiving was uh, quite good for me. Uh, we always go to my mom's house for Thanksgiving. Um had our traditional dishes. I was a little disappointed. I made uh, my broccoli salad, but it, we got instead of heads of lettuce or a heads of broccoli, we got like a bag of broccoli, and I misjudged how much broccoli was needed. Um, so I had too much broccoli, not enough sauce. So I feel like next week I'm gonna make it again with the opposite of too little broccoli and too much sauce which is probably the way it needs to be regardless but yeah i just didn't like none of it like really soaked into the broccoli you know so which was a little disappointing but other than that it was a good thanksgiving um uh the youngest one henry he got to hang out with his little cousins um because for each me and my siblings we all had kids in the span of 18 months um so the oldest one uh i won't say their names because uh, i feel like i shouldn't but she um is just running around really confused why her cousin uh henry why he's not as tall why he is tall as tall as her if not maybe taller but why she can run around and he is still crawling (laughs) and why he needs our (laughs) assistance to stand um and then the other one like he is still really little uh because he was born um in the middle of the year he's just like look constantly looking around like what's happening what's going on so just seeing the the different <laughs> levels of of this first christmas or first not christmas first thanksgiving with these three is just really fun and adorable and we all just keep saying oh boy let's just wait till next year next year's gonna be crazy here and i just you know we keep joking that the two boys are eventually going to become best friends and just annoy <laughs> the the older one, the girl, and we're just like, "That's well, probably what's going to happen." <laughs> like it's going to happen. It's going to happen eventually. It's just the little one's got to catch up. It won't take long. Oh yes, um, that's what's going to happen. Yeah, and then uh, we were talking off mic beforehand, but I am a hunter, so I did go out today for first day in Pennsylvania. Uh. I will say for the good looking people, uh, I hunt mostly to spend time with my father. Uh, it's tradition and to keep my family safe. So if anyone's out there that's like hunting is horrible, uh, I don't fully disagree with you, but if you don't hunt deer, they become a really big problem. Almost every other animal, I couldn't give two craps if I hunt or not, but deer are the one that I'm most concerned about, you know causing a car wreck in my area. So that's why I mostly go out and hunt. So spend time with father, you know, protect my family. So also the meat's really good. Like if you've (laughs) ever had a venison burger, I dreamed having another one of those, but yeah, things are, things are halfway decent. Hopefully tomorrow. Um, I'll be able to go catch a deer. So 
I will oh, keep people open. posted. Uh, I'll send you a picture. I got a, a deer that like trotted up towards me and was mere feet away from me. Um, I'll do it right now because why not? Uh, but in the meantime, Brett, uh, why don't uh, we get into that synopsis? Certainly. Today, this week, whenever you're listening, we are getting into episode 15 of season three, The Heart is a Lonely Hunter. Ah, very play on words. Sean's bad boy image costs him a date with a nice girl, so he recruits Corey to teach him how to be boyfriend material. Meanwhile, Eric tries to land an internship at a local TV station. This episode was written by Kevin Kelton. This is his third of four Boy Meets World episodes. Previously, we had him writing Pop Quiz and City Slackers. Uh, he also wrote for Saturday Night Live and Night Court, directed by Jeff McCracken, originally aired February 2nd, 1996, and currently enjoys a 7.7 IMDb rating. Now, Tyler, we're about to get into... Vast Emotional Damage. That's right, it's everyone's favorite game show, Vast Emotional Damage, where we attempt to stump Tyler and see if he can guess how many million viewers tuned in for the premiere of each episode. It's not hard. No, this is very it's very unfair to Tyler because <laughs> this is a wildly wide range of numbers. Um, I mean, I but, could just uh, look them up to make life easier and just read you the exact number. But you that could, seem, that but I appreciate fair. that you don't because it's fun <laughs> content. <laughs> so, uh, previous episode came in at eighteen point seven million. How many million do you think came in for this one? You know, I'm thinking it's going to be close to that uh, eighteen again. So I'm going to go seventeen point seven. Well, by Price's Right Rules, you do win the showcase, 18.6 million. Okay, all right, I'll take so there that. There you go. I feared it was like 18, 18.1, so that's why I figured I'd go with the 17. We really didn't lose Five. any any viewers, well, not many, from last week to this week, and we're into what used to be known as February sweeps. Yeah. It's, I don't know, it feels like potentially whatever marketing they're doing right now is working. Mm -hmm. And I don't know, it could just be that the, the audience has finally found what they are looking for right now. And the show has kind of gotten in line of like, oh, when we focus on Corey and Sean and Eric, things go well. Mm hmm. I think they uh, I think they've finally found their footing a bit. Yeah. I agree with that. Yeah. So Brett, we uh, start this episode off in Chubby's. Uh we see Sean on one of his classic dates. Apparently, he is dating Dana, and I'm assuming you have her IMDb ready to go. I do. This is Dana Pruitt played by Larissa Olenek. This is her first of 3 appearances as we already hinted at on Boy Meets World. She has 60 acting credits to her name, including The Babysitter's Club, The Adventures of Pete and Pete, The Secret World of Alex Mack, uh, which she actually guested here on Boy Meets World while she was starring in The Secret World of Alex Mack, for anyone who's interested. 
her big breakout, 10 Things I Hate About You, Third Rock from the Sun, Malcolm in the Middle, Aliens in America, Psych, Mike and Molly, Hawaii Five-0, Mad Men, and a lot more. Oh. You're trying to figure out what she played in Psych, aren't you? <laughs> no, I was thinking about uh, 10 Things I Hate About You. I was thinking about the TV show, but that's what I like about you, not 10 Things I Hate About You. Oh, yeah. So yes. that means no. the movie, and I'm thinking that yes. means she played the love interest. She was the younger sister. She was Joseph yeah. Gordon-Levitt's love interest, yes. Yes, the episode where Robin and the Joker are best buds. Oh, yes. <laughs> I got to say, one of my favorite combination swear, like, my, one of my favorite uh, swears of all time happened in that movie when they're at prom and uh, the guy who uh, was from the Santa Claus movies... Uh, Bernard, uh, he uses mm-hmm. a very Shakespearean way of saying that the poo has hit the fan, but I don't want to get uh, <laughs> us in trouble right now. So it's one of my uh, favorite swears of all time. <laughs> yes, it's been a while since I've watched that movie. Yeah, but that that's a good used one. to be one of Kelly's favorites. Oh, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Oh. What is that? Did she also like She's All That? Uh, not that I'm aware of. No. Oh, that seems like a Kelly movie. Anyway. Um, yeah, so <laughs> nice little deterrent for us. But yes, apparently yeah. uh, Sean is quite happy with their date because Dana kisses well. Which, you know, again, yeah. for two grown men to be talking about it is awkward and it's a weird little bit awkward yeah, a little awkward and just the yeah the in-depthness that he's going in this and i'm hoping that when i ask do you have a clip of this you're gonna say no because i don't want i do not to okay thank good i don't want to hear sean no. describe it <laughs> no, i, I figured we wouldn't want to spend too much on yeah this. i don't want to read off any of the lines <laughs> just uh, what we need to understand is that sean is admitting to this girl that he kisses way too easy, way too often. And instead of going from talking about, let's go on a second date. Cause Sean said, I really like you. It turned to let's just be done with this date, which is yeah. not a good place to and... be. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, but apparently there, Dana... there's some, oh, well, there's, sorry, there's some, there's some, fun little nuggets here like uh his quote from chet like sean doesn't do volunteer work his dad says only do volunteer work if they'll reduce your sentence and you know we find out that sean doesn't love picnics that's a nice uh sean impersonating chet hunter i like it (laughs) but yeah i i uh, but sean is just he's so focused on the physical aspect of relationships that it's just it's it's very disheartening mm-hmm. that that's where all of his energy has gone. Yeah. But Dana likes to volunteer and Dana likes picnics. And that's yeah. something that Sean doesn't want to do either of. Yeah. Um, but also in fairness to him living in like growing up in a trailer park and potentially either sometimes scrambling for food 
and probably eating outside awkwardly in weird places, he might not have any interest in picnics because they haven't been a pleasant thing for him. Yes, his life experience is not one that would naturally lend itself to volunteer work and picnics. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I mean, he's probably had a but picnic we... or two with Verna, but it could have been for a bad reason he was having that picnic. Yeah. So, like, but we do find out he has a reputation that has very much preceded him here. Yep. So, <laughs> yeah, Sean wants to get back to doing what they do best, and she says, "Let's just go um, get going home." Um, we get to school the next day, and uh, apparently, I do have Corey... his conversation. With oh, good. Corey Please Cliff. play this. Needless to say, I'm a little upset. You're always upset. Well, more than usual. You see, this morning I'm having breakfast with Janitor Bud. Janitor Bud? I owed him. And, uh, you know, we're talking, and it comes up that last night you were out with Dana Pruitt. Yeah, I went out with Dana. So? So, first of all, you don't tell me, and second of all, Dana Pruitt is a very nice girl. Yeah, very nice. Sean, a, a nice girl like that can ruin your reputation. I mean, Janitor Bud and I were shocked. Wow. And Bud seen dead bodies. I'm saying. So, uh, what was it like going out with a nice girl? Cora, I'm not, I'm not the type of guy that talks about the women I go out with. Yeah, you are. Where you been? I mean, if it wasn't for your stories and the little pictures you draw me, I wouldn't know nothing. Well, I don't want to talk about Dana. And don't ask me to draw her. Brett, uh, <laughs> I don't think uh, people should be drawing pictures of other people. Not without their consent, and and probably not in the way that Corey is hinting at. Probably. <laughs> um, I love the idea that they still refer to Janitor Bud as Janitor Bud, even though last time we saw him, he was being Mr. Feeney's secretary. Yes, he was administrative assistant Bud. And I, I love the idea that Corey is still paying off some sort of debt to Janitor Bud. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Probably because of getting oh, him yeah. fired, in all honesty. Probably. <laughs> I, just, I love the ease of it and like how natural it's like, I owed him one. And Janitor Bud and I were quite shocked. <laughs> and he's seen dead bodies. <laughs> yeah, I just, this, yeah. this show does a great job of taking things we already know is real and just adding more layers into it, you know? And giving more context. Mm -hmm. Those are always the fun things I enjoy. Mm -hmm. It's when we disregard all those things just for the quick laughs. <laughs> but, uh... Ah, uh, yes. Yeah, uh, an interesting thing occurs now, Brett, because Dana comes over and says hello to Corey. Which is a little confusing. Yeah, she's very different with Sean too. Yes. But and... they uh they go over to have a, a little conversation and uh, apparently it doesn't go well for Sean. No, no, no. She uh wants another date. Mm-hmm. With uh uh what how how does it uh get put? I, I wrote it here in my notes. Uh pumped up pretty boy jock is what Corey expects to hear. Yeah, wants to date another guy. But it's actually... probably some pumped up pretty boy jock, you know. It's you. I know. I was right. Huh. I was right. 
So Dana wants to date a nice boy like Corey. Mm -hmm. Not just like Corey, Corey. Yeah. And that's the whole... This is also that whole Corey is different after a certain point in season two going into season three where it's like Corey is straight up a nice person, good boy, like never does anything wrong, even though first season for sure he was doing plenty of things wrong and even into the second oh, season trouble and this season still doing things that are wrong mm-hmm. so we're more yeah, we've gone from like pirate this. radio cory to cory's a nice boy yeah <laughs> so that dichotomy of uh cory is super nice and cute and cuddly and parent approved even though he's still doing things and getting in trouble at school and with feeny so uh, in, yeah. in between the conversation, though, with uh, Dana and Sean walking away and finding out what that was about, uh, uh, Eric comes up to uh, Mr. Williams, or Eli, as we like to refer to him, as uh, saying, hey, I got a problem with my, uh, uh, my, whatchamacallit, my journalism assignment. His journalism assignment. Oh, there it is, sorry. <laughs> Yeah, you just want to talk to him about his journalism and paper. It's... And he's like, all right, go ahead. Another episode of Eric Matthews Excuse Theater. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I do love their guesses on what uh, it I, is. Cause both I love Eli how they play and with Turner, him on this. Mm-hmm. <laughs> because they, I'm sure he uses them in both of the classes. And I like how he goes, hey, can you, you know, uh, I'm trying to get into college. And he goes, yes, study. Come on, I'm being serious. <laughs> Come on, I'm being serious here. <laughs> uh, but apparently there's a oh, yeah. uh, news internship that uh, Eli has, I guess, set up with a the local radio station he used to work for. And so a student from John Adams High is able to apply to see if he can mm-hmm. uh, make it into uh, the program, which we'll get into more next week. But I have so many questions about this program that they have uh, set up, apparently. Um, yeah. Yeah, but apparently uh, Eli thinks they're going to scrutinize every applicant based on grades and SAT scores. And Turner's like, hey, what are you talking about? It's TV. It's television. He's a lock. You're right. He's a lock. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, Oh, yes. How very, very meta of them. (laughs) But, uh, yeah, apparently Sean is now discouraged because he went from I like a nice girl to uh, there's two girls wearing leather jackets. So those are the girls he's going to go talk with. Because apparently girls with leather jackets are quote-unquote, a certain way that Eric or uh, Sean likes. Well, probably Eric, too, but just yeah, a little uncomfortable with the way they are trying to define of what a good person, good boy, good girl, all that jazz, nice people compared to easy or fast people. Just the way in which it's all coming around just feels icky. Mm-hmm. I can't avoid And that. I give them a little, I, I give them a little bit of grace on that in that 
it's a little bit of TV shorthand, and he does call them by name. So he's at least familiar with them, at least by reputation. And we're we're talking a lot about reputation in the episode. Fair. But they're wearing leather jackets, Brett. Is it the leather jacket's fault? I don't think so. <laughs> no, it's not the leather jacket's yeah. fault. It's the short skirt. Uh, we do go to the Matthews house, and probably one of the most interesting cut scenes, or like, you know, transition scenes, like tag, transaction lines. And as uh, exactly what it says. Yes, but Morgan, how do we really know that the light bulb goes out when you shut the door? And I just, I love this little interaction that Morgan and Sean are having because this is the <laughs> type great. of thing. Oh, go ahead. Oh, no, I was just saying it's great. Oh, I thought you had it clipped. I'm sorry. Um, yeah, no, no, it's just the that's the type of thing. Like, if you are a teenager and you you have a friend and you're close to the family, like, you would have that conversation with a little one because why not? Like, you're trying to mm -hmm. pass time and you ask the little one r random silly questions and they love it. And except for Morgan, because she's a sassy uh, teenager already. Yeah. <laughs> we'll have to bring my sister back on and get her opinion on this new Morgan because I think uh, I see a lot of her in her, if you know what I mean. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but uh, Alice says yeah. something to her, which I think is spot on, which is you're the only person in this house has a bedtime story or a bedtime. Uh, yeah, bedtime. Why don't you use it? <laughs> It's just that uh, that as a parent, you're like, gosh, I'd love for a bedtime. That'd be nice. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I want to say it's time for you to go to bed, Mr. or Missy. Yes, sir. Yes. But apparently Sean is, is waiting at the Matthews house because Corey's supposed to be coming back from his date anytime. And he wanted to be there to uh, support his buddy. And uh, as Alan is going yeah. up the stairs... He says, why don't we just adopt him and get the tax deduction? I I put a note in there in my I jotted in my notes about that. It's like just a fun little he's always there. He's might as well, you know. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's like, you know, a fun little foreshadowing for something way down the road where that option is put on the table. Dude, I'll <laughs> tell you what, even with Grayson, like if I had another little person about his same size who's eating as much as he does, I'm really worried about the future, man, because <laughs> groceries are already so expensive right now. <laughs> and I can't imagine having two yep. teenagers in the house eating so much. Oh, yeah. One one teenager and one fourth grader is rough. <laughs> yeah, I believe that. Now, thankfully, our other teenager eats like a bird. Okay. Again, I will state, your oldest, when we were on our trip, was laying down and out for a whole day. And the first thing that they consumed is Doritos. I said, don't you think you want, like, some fruit or a veggie or some protein? No, I want these. Okay. Yeah. 
No, we don't normally keep a lot of that stuff around the house, so that's a big part of why. That's fair. <laughs> and I will say, this this does help me, because I was thinking about this earlier today. I think we may have been too hard on Topanga last episode. Because one of the things that we don't take into consideration sometimes, not I'm saying we as in you and I, but I think just in general, you know, in the zeitgeist of uh, reviewing stuff, sometimes I think we forget that the that the that the people that they are portraying are broken teenagers, and just because mm-hmm. Topanga really was introduced as this uh, a manic pixie fa- uh, fantasy girl, does not mean that she is actually perfect, you know. And I think mm-hmm. one of the things that's helpful, and, and and one of the reasons why when they get back together it works so well, is because I think Topanga really does become more of a full fledged opinionated character not just a i come in everything's fine and everything's wonderful um and i think especially this episode helps to establish that of more of this is my opinion this is the rough un an unfiltered truthful opinion that i will always give you from this point forward so i can't wait till we Mm -hmm. get to that um (laughs) so yeah uh, Corey comes back, and I will say, when Corey comes home. Corey I... comes home with scarf, blue scarf, a uh, red hat, or, or red hat, a red. Uh, oh my gosh, red coat, red winter coat, coat, and and Brett, he has two gloves. Yes, and, a hat. and there's snow outside. Yes, <laughs> thank goodness. Yes, it's February in Philadelphia, and there's snow outside. I know you're excited for that. Yes, finally they're doing something right. Uh, although, speaking of not doing something right, apparently Amy cooked a really dry turkey uh, this evening, which is very sad. Yeah. Um, yeah, Sean's still chewing on it. But I did clip a big chunk of their conversation yes, but, uh, about the date. How was your date with Dana? It was a date. Oh, come on, I give you more than that. Look, Sean, if you want to know if I kissed her, the answer's no. Well, that, 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 you know, that's okay. That's okay. So, uh, so do you like her? Yeah, she's fine. No, come on. I mean, on a scale of 1 to 10, how much do you like Dana Pruitt? 10 being Topanga on your first date and 1 being the lunchroom lady in a thong. <laughs> 7. Good. Now, on a scale of 1 to 10... Wait a minute, if... wait a minute, wait a minute, Sean. I've never seen you act like this. Are you fluey? I've got a little tickle, but I don't think that's what it is. You know, I think you're coming down with a bad case of Dana. I, I don't know, Cora. All I know is that all through the dry turkey, knowing you were going out with Dana, I kept just wanting to take the carving knife and stab you in the head. <laughs> no offense. No offense. No offense. <laughs> you know, Brett, the whole oh, time that I yeah. was grilling up uh, pork chops and shrimp and burgers, all I could think to myself was, I'm going to take the spatula and go in there and smack Brett in the head. No offense. <laughs> <laughs> well, it couldn't have been for the same reason Sean was thinking it. No, although I will say, I don't know why I have our trip on the brain, but it did make me giggle anytime, like, especially Kelly be like, do you have sides prepared? And I went, Kelly, I'm taking care of the meat. 
That's what I care about. If you guys want sides, you're going to figure those out. And he goes, okay, note to self. If Tyler's cooking, he's only cooking the main entree. It's like, yes, I am. I cook the whole meal. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, but we get, I mean, we get a lot of good stuff here. Sean and, um, you know, uh, Corey's finally cluing into the fact that Sean really is into... Um, Dana, and that it's not just, uh, it's not just, oh, you like her. No, it's, you really like her. Mm-hmm. As he puts it, come down with a bad case of the Dana. Yes. Of Dana. But, uh, Brett, we go back to the school, and apparently, uh, Artie, or Arthur, is also going for the internship. Yes. He's a straight-A student. Yes. And apparently yes, he is... And uh, Arthur... Sorry, go ahead. Is portrayed by Danny Strong. First and only time we'll see him on Boy Meets World. 54 credits on his resume. Saved by the Bell New Class. Third Rock from the Sun. Seinfeld. Clueless. Shriek if you know what I did last Friday the 13th. <laughs> Buffy the Vampire Slayer. <laughs> Seabiscuit. Johnny Bravo. Gilmore Girls. How I Met Your Mother, Mad Men, Billions, and more. Mm. <gasps> Gilmore Girls, when you leave, I will follow. <laughs> Sorry, I wondered I need, which one of those you'd, you'd sing. I need a new. I need for. a new song since we're getting away from <laughs> step by step. I know I've been desperately looking for step by step in all of these <laughs> IMDb's. It's the first one I look for. It's all right. Um, yeah, he he, for lack of better wording. This character and the actor has a real punchable face, if you know what I mean. I wrote down he's perfectly cast as a smug dweeb. Yeah. Is this a strong <laughs> but I like your way in, better. Uh, Ryder Strong brother? Uh you know, I did not see that anywhere. Oh. Oh, well, I know that Shiloh is his older brother, but I didn't know if he mm-hmm. had another brother or if he had a cousin strong. I don't know. I didn't see that anywhere in his IMDb, so I'm, I not, guess uh, I'm not certain if there's a familiar relationship. I'm, I guess I'm thinking about Jack, because uh, I know his, he and he has two other brothers that act, and, and they've done plenty of things together, the three mm-hmm. of them. So that probably is what I'm thinking about. So probably no relation. Who knows? Let us know in the comments. Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> But there's a fun interaction between Eric and Artie here, and I did clip it just because I find it so funny. You're up for the same internship. Eric, I want to save you the embarrassments. I'm a straight-A student. My documentaries have garnered multiple film festival honors, and I have a letter of recommendation from Ted Turner. Your point? I could walk in without pants and get this job. I've seen you in gym class, Arthur. Wear pants. <laughs> Wear pants. Uh, it's a, it's it's a favorite of mine. I could walk in without pants and get this job. <laughs> Maybe that's what we need. We need the uh, wear pants shirts. Wear pants. <laughs> um, I'm just gonna say, if someone in high school has documentaries out and Ted Turner knows them personally, you don't need a news. What are you doing in Philly? Right. 
Well, I mean, you could be in Philly and work in New York, but you don't need a news uh, internship. You don't need the internship. Yeah. Right. Uh, oh, well. Uh, but apparently the blood drive is happening because Dana is the one that's heading that up and it's happening right in the middle of the hallway because where else is it going to be in the school, Brett? It's only in that possible in the I hallway. Know. And uh, It's just that. That's why it's such a low-income school. Sean brings some blood uh, and also brings pork chops for her. But in, in fairness to Sean, this is his version of listening and going above and beyond. Yes. Not only did he decide that he is going to volunteer with her, but he he brought blood for her. <laughs> yeah. Well, I don't know how much of this, if you clipped any of this conversation between the two of them whatsoever, but... No. You know, he starts to to talk with Dana and he says something like, man, I could just talk to you for hours. And she goes, well, what would we talk about? And those traps in middle school, high school relationships drive me crazy. Because unfortunately, ladies, and I need you to hear me on this, especially if you're a younger lady, teenage boys aren't good at that. <laughs> it's a skill that has to be taught and learned. You cannot expect them to just take the lead on conversations. Um, like I very much remember being on a couple of phone calls with a couple of different girls slash girlfriends and just being in awkward silence because they were waiting for me to just, you know, ask them questions and talk their ear off. And it's like, I'm not ready for that. <laughs> <laughs> like, I don't know how to talk to you on the phone right now. Like, you have to learn things. Yep. Yeah. Take the time to train them. Yes, I agree completely. <laughs> I mean, luckily for my wife, I already knew how to talk on the phone by the time we started talking. And also, I was much more confident who I was at that time. So, um, mm -hmm. you know, maybe that's also part of it, too. You don't know what to ask the questions if you don't know, you know, who you are in general. These, that's one of the few things that I'm like, practice. Practice these things. Practice will help you. Yeah. Uh, but apparently, uh, Sean is just not boyfriend material. He's not. And uh, largely, it's not... She bases a lot of it on his reputation and mm -hmm. one one date rather than taking a second date to really to get to know him but if she knew what his reputation was why would she go on the first date mm -hmm. especially if she's you know the quote unquote good girl mm -hmm. I mean we saw Sean get rejected last year uh, gonna go on a date and then didn't go on a date because hello do you know what his family is yep and then we get to um, one of the most interesting scenes in the whole episode, Brett. <laughs> um, well, almost. No? Yeah. Um, 
Topanga shows up into the lunchroom because all of this is happening now in the lunchroom with Corey and Sean talking. And uh, yeah, did, did you clip any of this or no? I did. Yes. Okay. Let me bring it up here. Uh, did you where he actually asks her out? Did you get that part? Yes. Okay. Go ahead. Just go ahead and play the clip. <laughs> Topanga, as the hottest and perhaps flashiest girl at the nice girl camp, um, would you ever consider going out with Sean? Well, he'd have to ask me. Topanga, would you ever consider going out with me? No. <laughs> Why wouldn't you go out with me? You want the truth? Yeah, I want the truth. You couldn't handle the truth. I could handle the truth. He could handle the truth. No, he couldn't. Give him the truth. And you'll take responsibility for how he feels about it. Absolutely. You don't understand women. You don't know what we are, you don't know how we feel, and you don't know what we think. You see us as dating objects, and the faster we are, the more you want us. And until you can grow up and see beyond that, no matter how many girls you go out with, you will always be lonely. Aww. You let her say that to me? She's lying. You know, that's the Topango we know and love. Yes. Give her a couple inches and shorter hair, and that's literally who she is from season four until... The end of the show. Yep. Well, she tells the truth. She tells it as it is. This is not the Topanga of the beginning of this season who did go up with Sean. Um, yeah. Yeah. Went to Chubby's at least once and then went to the movies with her. Conspiracy? Yeah. I think so. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and we can we can add that to we can retroactively uh, congratulate ourselves on our theory that it was just all a big ploy. Yeah, I don't know. It's just but yeah. I mean, this is the theme of this episode that Sean doesn't understand girls and won't understand them. But in fairness to Sean, the first part that she's talking about can apply to every single guy out there. Like, mm -hmm. none of us will ever know what you're thinking, ladies. That's why you have to tell us. That's why you have to communicate with us. Sometimes you have to write things down in a list form. Otherwise, we didn't realize that we're supposed to do those things. You know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, I mean, as the conversation goes on, I, I found it interesting. They kind of circle back to this, every girl's afraid of getting hurt. And Sean let it lets it slip that they know this so on some level he already knew he wasn't boyfriend material mm -hmm. so to speak so it's not the issue that this is a big revelation for him the issue more so is that he's being he's hurt by the fact that he's being found out mm -hmm. yeah well it's the fact that he can't avoid what is reality. Mm -hmm. The way he has treated girls, he's not willing to take responsibility for that up to this point. Yeah, as Turner puts it regarding his reputation later on, the one thing you worked on and it blew up in your face. Mm-hmm. <coughs> but uh, we're at the news station, Brett. And apparently Arthur yes. just got done with his intern or his uh, interview, and uh, yes. apparently he has a very long resume. 
<laughs> Never General, seen a resume that long. You have to literally have everything about your life to be that long at this point. But uh, for the good looking people, I didn't do a um, deep dive on this. I'll just tell you two pages and that's it. That's the maximum for a resume. Do not go more than two pages. Anything more than that, they're not looking at it. Right. Uh, honest to goodness, put the things that are relevant. I'm at a point now where there's many jobs I don't put on my resume that I've had because they're not relevant to several of the jobs I'm applying for. And that's okay. When people ask, mm-hmm. hey, how come there's a, there's a gap in your job history? Oh, I had a job that wasn't relevant. That's the answer. So, yep. yeah, just forewarn. Don't have a book as your resume. Doesn't matter. Doesn't mean anything. No one's looking at it. Yep. And the uh, station manager is played by, is uh, she's referred to as Ms. Cannon, but she's credited as a character by the name of only Sonia. Yeah. So, so uh, Sonia so this Cannon. Is Kimberly Scott. Yeah, exactly. This is Kimberly Scott. First and only time we'll see her in Boy Meets World. 77 credits on her resume. Including shows like Chicago Hope, ER, Batman Forever, MacGyver, Flatliners, The Abyss, Third Rock from the Sun, Batman and Robin, not the same character, Jag, Sister Sister, NYPD Blue, Will and Grace, Everyone Loves Raymond, Seventh Heaven, Medium, Bob Hart's Abishola, and more. That's a lot. Um, and that's just a snippet. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Uh... Eric's trying to figure out how to fudge his uh, resume to bulk it up ev- a little bit, even though it's literally interview time. And uh, he Head comes up saying, hey, uh, I'm supposed to have my interview. And she laughs, says, oh, you're actually Eric Matthews. It's not a joke. Come on in. The look on his face as she's laughing in his face is just... And I... I... <laughs> The interaction between them is so horrific that in the real world, this would almost be grounds to hand him the internship on the spot with as afraid as corporations are of being sued. Mm -hmm. This is the 90s. Today, not in 1996. (laughs) Yeah, no. 1996, Um, you know, whatever. He's a high school student. But that's just ridiculous. To laugh in his face like that, to assume that, oh, I thought that was just a joke Eli was playing on me. Mm-hmm. This is not a very, this woman does not have a lot of tact. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yes, but uh, apparently we're now in Mr. Feeney's history class, and Dana is in this class, for the record, everybody. And uh, mm-hmm. he's apparently doing a lecture about how, you know, if media and uh, the way that we take in information is like what it is today with the way that things are scrutinized people like uh, franklin roosevelt or john f kennedy might not have been president and sean raises his hands and says do you consider john kennedy a great president and feeney without missing a beat says well his time was short but he got things done and i think he did well He's like, well, the fact that it was a babe market didn't didn't make him less great. <laughs> and Dana then pipes up going, well, maybe he was a good, you know, he did some things good, but he wasn't a good husband. 
makes him less of a good mm-hmm. leader. And all the girls going, yeah. And so then. Oh, yeah. That's just, that's just, yeah, just the back, back and, and forth, forth is of, interesting. You know, saying something about the boys. Yeah. Saying about the girls. Yeah. Mr. Feeney going, aha, this is great. How about this? You tell me your opinion in a paper. Do tomorrow. <laughs> One essay. Do tomorrow. <laughs> yeah. But I love, I love how, how Sean is just ready for detention. Like, uh-huh, that's exactly, let's get a break up. He was like, all right, when's my detention? It's like, no, no, no. You did a good thing. <laughs> it's like Feeney was surprised. Like, oh my gosh, they're, they're re- relating to this. Hot dog. Take advantage. What do I yeah. do, George? I know. One page paper. Quick, quick. Write an essay. <laughs> yeah. Basically, anyone who turns it in and it looks relatively coherent is getting credit. Mm-hmm. But uh, Eric comes out of his interview, Brett, and he doesn't seem like he did well. Apparently, he was sweating too much. Yes, and he meets a gentleman by the name of Pat, who is played by Brandon Maggart. Mm-hmm. First of two times we'll see him on Boy Meets World. Of course, uh, he'll be in the next episode. 50 acting credits on his resume, including Car 54, Where Are You? New Heart, Murphy Brown, Who's the Boss, ER, Married with Children, The Sentinel, and a bunch more. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, they have a very interesting interaction. Um, mm-hmm. You know, Eric's talking to him like, man, I blew the interview. He goes, oh, I'm so sorry. I'll get out of your way. And uh, the guy's going over to the trash can, and Eric holds the trash can up a little higher. Which, you know, in some ways, you're like, what's the point of that? On the other hand, it's a kind of a nice gesture. Because it's like, hey, instead of you bending over to you know, really dump this out, you know, I'll take the moment, lift it up towards you, and then it's a little easier on you. You know, it's yeah. just a little bit of kindness. You know, he's talking to this guy who he assumes is the janitor about how all these other guys have, you know, straight A's. And they have all these things on their resumes, which... I realized high school students had resumes uh, back at this time, but sure. Um, and he's just trying to say, you know, I wish I could tell her that I would do so much better than those guys. Guy, yeah, blah, blah. I would do so much better than these guys because I need it more. And I'd work so hard. Mm-hmm. He's like, well, did you tell that to her? He goes, no, I choked and I got in my head and, you know, I just messed, my, messed myself up. He goes, and I just blew it with the most important person in the station. He goes, no, you didn't. I am. <laughs> and he goes, what? And he goes, Pat Darby, station manager. Where? Right here. <laughs> Shaking the hand of our new intern. I'll see you Monday. Be yourself or I'll fire you. And he's like, thank you, thank you, thank you. Nope. I'll be here. <laughs> One more real th- quick thing. Before I go home and tell my parents, <laughs> do you have a business card and a photo ID? Which is the smartest thing in three seasons that Eric yes. has ever said. <laughs> because he is gullible, but it's showing here that he is reasonable. He is learning. I I, I love the fact that he asks for some sort of proof before he goes and tells his parents he got the, the job. Mm-hmm. Look, it's true. It's not just some janitor pulling my leg. Uh-huh. Eric is learning from past mistakes. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, Corey's trying to encourage uh, Sean as they're walking into Mr. Turner's place. And Corey is walking in with one glove. <laughs> and so uh, Corey catches up Mr. Turner by just saying, Dana Pruitt. He says, nice girl. Sean Hunter. Oh, now I've caught you up to speed. I'm done here. And he leaves to go with his one mitten into the blizzard, apparently. Godspeed to him. You know, Sean, it seems to me the people you care most about in the world are not very fast and flashy. Hey, look, it's the scarf of mine I lost last year. Yes. <laughs> you mean Corey, don't you? You think? See this guy right here? This is your best relationship. You guys listen to each other and you really trust each other. And that's what girls are looking for? Oh, yeah. Especially the nice ones. It's funny, because Dana's the only girl that I've ever really listened to. Yeah, now you see, does she know that? I can tell her. Do better. Show her. So, uh, Sean and Turner have a nice long conversation about mm-hmm. the whole situation, basically, of what's been going on in this episode and, and getting into the roots of the whole thing. The whole time Corey's looking for his glove because he's lost his glove and he's got to find it. He's now he's lost both of them. What is he going to do now? And I just I Finds love scar from last year. Yeah, this this dichotomy going on between the two of them in this scene is just ridiculous, but makes it clear that, you know, Corey is not just, quote unquote, a nice person. He's just himself and he's kind of. Mm-hmm forgetful even though he's smart and clumsy i had it the whole time yeah i will say in the beginning of the scene you watch him walk in with you see at one point that he he walks back in with the glove in his uh coat so good on the (laughs) art deck for that or wardrobe whoever it is yeah (laughs) uh but yes we go to chubby solid advice from turner yes Great advice from Turner. Uh, we go to Chubby's where Corey is playing pool by himself. Dana comes up and is kind of being flirty. And Corey is trying to be like, no, no, no. I am uh, not I'm spoken for, but, you know, someone else likes you and I cannot betray that trust. But then we hear on the loudspeaker, apparently they have that at Chubby's, where owner of a bright red uh, hypoallergenic Ski jacket with one mitten. Please claim it at the counter. <laughs> After he's talking about being dark and dangerous. <laughs> yes, exactly. But Dana walks outside and uh, discovers Sean. He set up a little picnic for the two yeah. of them. Yeah, in the middle of February. Well, beginning of February. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, there's right been in the middle of winter. There's been uh, some snow, and so uh, I guess it makes sense that he's trying to, in the cold, have a picnic with her because that's what she said she liked. But uh, yeah. things are frozen yeah. that aren't supposed to be frozen, including his lips. But they end up having a real conversation about how he likes her, not because of the whole kissing thing, but because he likes her. And she says, well, I like you, too. I like you. Um, And they both kind of agree that they loud for outside 
interference to get in the way of them seeing if they actually you know can make it work yep and and i like that sean kind of shows his resolve to do better by dana by not sealing it with a kiss mm-hmm. you know why rush yeah um oops but they go back inside going to eventually go on on a second date probably just to get Sean warm for right now um, probably a burger and hot chocolate <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, we get to the uh, the tag of the episode Brett and apparently Eric has started uh, working at the studio and uh, he set it up so that way the studio people can come to his parents house get coffee <laughs> from their mugs and uh go back to work who knows why but that's what they've done uh which really makes the question brett that we're gonna have to wait for next week to talk about but how many hours is he working for this internship um very good question yeah uh nice little moment where the decaf's in the chip mugs I put Ray or uh, I put decaf in this mug. Chip. Yeah. <laughs> and of course, Amy and Alan thought, oh, hey, our son's being nice and made us coffee. A lot of coffee. <laughs> and then the crew have walks in. to make in. it a year in advance. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, you know, people are pretty happy. These people love their baked goods. And Brett, that's an episode. Mm hmm. That is an episode, which means it's time for the deep dives. People, 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 people. Am I the only one who read the summer reading list? All right, let's go first to television news. The original TV news uh, started in March 1940. With the uh, Lowell Thomas hosted uh, the very first regular scheduled news broadcast uh, on American television. Uh, it's also simulcasted to NBC Network, uh, Network radio station. Early days, uh, Edward Roscoe Murrow. The significance of this name is broadcast journalism cannot be overlooked. Uh, for those who are remotely interested in the topic, follow the advent on FM radio in following the advent of FM radio in 1935. Morrow was assigned to by NBC uh, by CBS large radio network in the United States at the time uh, as director of talks but there wasn't until yeah, but it wasn't until his move to London in 1937 to become the network's uh, chief correspondent for Europe uh, that he became a household name having gathered the best groups of reporters to work with, famously known as Morrow Bros. He oversaw the creation of what 
we know it as foreign news broadcasting. Momoro arrived back in New York City in 1941. To his surprise, he became a high star. Sorry, became a star and was hired immediately uh, to host a weekly television program. Television was still in its infancy and hasn't established a news program until Meet the Press uh, ended up debuting ABC, NBC in 1947. So, yeah. Uh, let's switch gears real quick. Uh, one thing I will tell you is that one of my favorite shows that I'll watch on uh, every year or so is a little show called Newsroom, which essentially you take the news mm -hmm. and you uh, dramatize it a little bit and all the things that go into it and people trying to do good things through the news. So it's classic. I like it. There's a lot of bad words in it, so kids can't listen. Uh, picnics. What's the deal? <laughs> How'd they get started? Why? Picnic baskets didn't start off as baskets. They started off as picnic hampers. They started off as a travel basket in the 18th century. And there was a lot of coach inns along Piccadilly and baskets were to be given to people, uh, to continue their journey. Uh, how long, Brett, does it take to freeze uh, water? Uh, it takes about three to four hours. So that hunk of ice that was in that container, first of all, I think the seal would have had to have been broken on some form, so the coldness could get in there without him realizing it. So depending on how long oh, he's actually out there for, it could be ice, but not truly likely. Um, we talked a lot about kissing, or at least Sean did this episode, so I thought you'd be interested. And uh, this is taking data from the UK. Um, kissing, uh, the average uh, studies have shown that men, on average, have uh, more partners than women. Uh, men have kissed, on average, 20 people. Whereas women have kissed on average 15 people. Uh, average age, first French kiss, the number of people who, the number of people you kiss is your life. Of course, depends on the, the age at which you have first, uh, first real kiss. You can imagine the, you can imagine that someone who had their first French kiss at the age of 15 uh, has more than kissing partners in total than someone who has who had their first French kiss uh, when they were 25. The average age in England that someone has their first kiss is 14. Refrigerators and their lights, Brett. Uh, there's a light bulb in the fridge, Brett. And it operated by a small lever or push button uh, switch mounted in the door frame of the refrigerator. When the depressed by the door closes on the depressed by the door closing on it, the switch interrupts the circuit and shuts the light bulb off. When the door opens, the switch completes 
the circuit and causes the light to illuminate. So essentially what that's saying, for those that aren't aware, the there's a switch that whenever you either switch it or it, it the door opens, if there's the other switch, they will connect to each other. If it's open, not together. When it's closed, they're together. Thus the circuit that is what causes the power to go into the light is on and thus it's why it illuminates in there. And of course that doesn't make any more sense. Here is the church. Here is the people. Oh, no. I did it wrong. <laughs> Who cares? It's late. <laughs> uh, tax credit. Alan mentioned it. So just want you guys to know that in 2021 uh, the amount was increased to uh, $3,000 per child and some people can actually qualify for $3,600 uh, for any children that are under the age of 6 and also the uh, line for them becoming um, the, the, the threshold is now Went from 16 to 17. Brett, uh, we need to talk about presidential scandals. So I have here the eight biggest presidential scandals. So, Brett, I will read off uh, part of the scandal and you tell me what president you think uh, that person may be. Okay. We'll go in the order of latest to oldest. Because why not? It's more fun that way. Yeah. I can get by these ads. Okay. We're not going to cover the one that is being litigated right now because that's no fun Everyone to get into. Everyone knows that anyway. Yeah. So, Brett, I'm going to read you off the scandal and you tell me what... Uh, who, who do you think that president was, okay? So here we go. Okay. This first president uh, flew over the site of a horrible um, accident that occurred. I'm not going to tell you exactly what it was, Brett, but there's no that there was some devastation and was flying over it. And uh, there was a famous person, uh, let's say he was a rapper slash entertainer, that said, and I quote, the president does not care about black people. Brett, what president do you think this was? Oh. Uh, I'm going to guess Bush. That was George Bush, yes. George W. <laughs> the entertainer slash rapper in question, Kanye West. Mm-hmm. And it was Hurricane Katrina that I was referring to. I realize that if I don't take away some of the, uh, you know, you got to uh, remove some of the information yes. or it'd be really easy for some of these. So, so Brett, uh, this, uh, this president, let's just say had relations, uh, in a certain way in the, uh, white house, uh, that was caught and, uh, people try to remove him from the presidency. Well, it depends on what your definition of is is, and I'm going to go with Bill Clinton. Bill Clinton is the right answer, correct? All right, this one's a little confusing, but apparently... Okay, so this president, um, under his t watch, 
there were seven American hostages taken, and the president decided to negotiate with said terrorist. And uh, in order to release them, they were willing to give away uh, weapons to said uh, grouping. Uh, da -da -da -da. So apparently there's a quote uh, from that president later on in his life said that the situation was arms for hostage deal. Brett, what president do you think this was? That is a little confusing. Um... Sorry, it is. I'll give you a range. Uh, I'll give you this president was somewhere in the range of uh, the 70s through the 80s. What president do you think this may have been? That's not exact, like, mm. start this date, talk to this date. I'm just giving you the, a two-decade range of when this president could yeah. have been. So still recent. This uh, pa president has passed away, though. Yeah. Well... We'll go with Reagan. It is Reagan. Very good. Hey. Hey, homeschooling for the win right now, sir. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh, da -da -da -da. So, <clears throat> I don't know. This one may be a little difficult as well, Brett. Before this president could be reelected, um, he may or may not have asked uh, some colleagues of his to go into a location, steal some stuff that he wasn't supposed to, and when there was potential evidence that uh, he was holding on to, uh, he tried to get rid of said evidence. Brett, uh, who might this president be? That sounds a lot like Nixon. That is Nixon. Yes, that's Watergate. <laughs> Uh, da, 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 da. this president had a uh, messy personal life during his administration. Um, <clears throat> uh, apparently he uh, is alleged to have had several um, improper relationships with people that he worked that worked for him and potentially at least one fav famous person um uh apparently one of his secret service people later on said every day you thought you were risking your life but you were really actually out there to see <coughs> that he's not disturbed while he's having an interlude in the shower with two gals from 12th Avenue. Interesting quote. I don't know what that means. Hopefully the young viewers hmm. don't know either. Brett, what president do you think this is? I'm going to go with Kennedy. That is John F. Kennedy, yes. <laughs> and of course, the famous person in question would have been Mar Marilyn Monroe, which we've talked about before on this podcast. But uh... Yes, we have. All right. Da -da -da -da. Uh, this president... Um... Uh, apparently uh, took control over the oil reserves and uh, took bribes and private uh, money and 
uh, da, 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 yes, took uh, bribes, including gifts and non-interest, no interest loans, for the right uh, to to deal with said oil. Um, that's all I have on that. Uh, I'll give you the the range on this because this may be a little harder. Is uh oh, there it goes. I'll give you uh, 1920 to 1930. Let's mm. see. This is where I'm going to get really fuzzy on who even was president during what term. That's fully understandable. Uh, and I should know this because I remember. I, I got no clue. I, I guess I'll give you this. The last hint I'll give is... Uh, it's the rights for the teapot dome oil fields. I got nothing. That's all right. I wouldn't have gotten this either. It's Warren G. Harding. Harding. <laughs> you know, he's a, he's a top 10 yeah. president. Someone we really don't talk about anymore, so. That's true. Uh, I'll give you a hint on this last one, Brett. He is a founding father. Mm, I think I might so, already know. This president <laughs> had the first uh, Nick Nick scandal. And... Uh, yeah, I will just leave it currently as... If I give any more information under this, uh, it'll give it away. So this is the f the first president to ever have a Nick Nick uh, scandal. Gonna go with Adams. Oh, sorry. It was Thomas Jefferson. Um, that is because first, it was yeah. very much well known that he was having relations with one of his slaves, Sally uh, Hemings. Uh, apparently there is DNA evidence to prove that he fathered a, a child with a uh, said slave at one point in 1802. Well, five out of seven is not bad. No, five out of seven. <laughs> I mean, honestly, you got the ones that I assumed you were going to get. And honestly, the hint of founding father, it could have been almost any of them. Honestly, it's just that Jeff, it's happened really when Jefferson have. was pregnant. So, or pregnant. <laughs> When he was president. <laughs> wow. Brain not pregnant. working. When Jefferson was... Pre <laughs> was it again? When he was president, the story came out about his uh, slave and uh, them having relations. 1802. Yep. Yep. So. It was first that tripped me up there. Yep. Sorry. All right. So, I guess we need to talk. Yeah, I guess we need to talk about what we learned. You know anything about the Odyssey? Huh? Did I say you could talk? I didn't teach you that. My friend Mr. Matthews will lead the discussion. Do I have to draw you a picture? Tyler, what did you learn? You know, one of the things that really stuck out to me this episode is the way that Turner was parenting Sean. And sometimes I give mm -hmm. Turner some, you know... We'll go a little hard on Turner because he should know better as a 
person that works with teenagers, but one of the things I think he does well with is he kind of allows Sean to live out his life until he crosses a line and he's not coming into the situation with authority. He's coming in just, you know, trying to give the most rational advice he can possibly give. And Sean's looking for some help. Mm -hmm. He's looking for advice and he waited for him to come to him for that. And he wasn't sneaking him out, trying to force it upon him. So I, I'm really impressed with the way Turner handled it and also pointing to Corey of, do you see this friendship you have? That's what girls are looking for. So, you know, the best thing I think I learned and and was reminded of is you got to wait for them to come to you and you got to be ready for them when they come Mm -hmm. to you. Yeah. And I I think I'm going to take, we all can learn a little bit from Topanga that, uh, too often I see people that are willing to beat around the bush or to sugarcoat or to uh, find other ways to withhold pieces. Yeah. But when asked for the truth, tell the truth. Be completely honest. Now, yes, there is such a thing as tact. But when asked for the truth, be truthful. You're not going to help anyone by withholding information, by withholding the truth from them. Well, I think a, an additional so with, learn real quick, I'll also say, is... Uh, mm-hmm. Oh, gosh. I had it. I'm losing it. Did it go away? Oh, that's right. Um, when it comes to things like is the reemphasizing of... When it comes to something like a job or trying to get someone's character, because in a way this is this is a story that's happening simultaneously about who, what character does Sean and Eric have? Are they just these you know ladies guys that we've, we've seen them as? And that's the thing they talk mm-hmm. about the most and the thing they're most confident about. So, you know, the way you interact with someone that doesn't have power shows more of your character than someone that does have power and authority because you can be calm and nice and you know goody two-shoes when it comes to someone that you can get something from but when it comes to something you won't get anything from how do you treat them Mm -hmm. you know that's why it's important to see how someone may treat someone at a restaurant and someone that is taking care of them and serving them because how they treat them is a good indicator of how they'll treat you when you're not doing well Yep. Well. I'm right? No, you're exactly right. So am I done with my education? Can I go? Let's uh, grade this bad boy. Tyler, what grade would you give The Heart is a Lonely Hunter? You know, I get... It's been a while. I'm going A+. For all the, the ickiness that I felt earlier, it doesn't detract from how good of an episode this is. And the fact is that it was the ickiness I felt was mostly because of being a dad, but it, it helped for this journey that Sean needs to go through. And there's real concrete evidence of character growth in this episode. 
Um, and him struggling with that. And also Eric struggling in that. And Corey to struggle to find his mittens. You know, this this show is really starting to become <laughs> that thing that we all love. And so, yeah, A plus all around. You know, I, I had the same thoughts that the only thing that was holding it back from being an A plus for me was some of that that ick factor. But that really just plays into me being a dad and being uncomfortable with having to confront that from the perspective of a dad. But I'm, I'm going to go ahead and give it an A plus there. I, I can I can look beyond that and see everything else for what it is. So A plus for me as well. I mean, sometimes I know we've, we've talked about this very openly that we can't see past those things, but it it was all used as a way to help the character get where they need to go, which is to grow. Right. So I believe you owe me a dad joke. Yes. Yes, I do, Brett. Uh, I figured go a little presidential, so some of these are not great, and we're just going to see what happens. So, um, Okay. Yes. How did the president become a chef? How did the president become a chef? I don't know how. He had a knack for executive orders. <laughs> nice. Mm-hmm. Not great, but... It gets the job done, Brett. It does. All right. So with all of that, thank you, good-looking people, for stopping by again. You can check us out on all of our social medias at Dad Meet, Dad's Meet World. That's Twitter slash X, Facebook, Instagram, and now TikTok, which we're getting a lot of traction on. Good. Just know that there's no, email there's no real great dad jokes for presidents. Gosh, that's really disappointing. There really aren't. Yeah. And you can also email us at dadsmeetworld at gmail.com. Our contest is still running. We need five emails. Best one that makes us laugh on air, because we'll read them. Best one gets a t-shirt. Your choice of design. You know what, Brett? I'm just going to say, if we don't get the five in the next two episodes... We're going to treat each other to shirts. That's what I'm thinking. I'm all for it. Yeah. (laughs) So either we give you a shirt or we're giving each other a shirt. All right. I like it. Yeah. We got two new shirts in the shop. So the the shirt, the comic can always be treat each other. (laughs) All right. Well, until next time, Tyler, I'll see you. Back good to you, looking. good looking. Ew, how can I learn so much every week and still be so stupid? Dad's Meet World is a production of Head First Studios. Head First Studios, tell your story. But, you know, oh, God. Oh, gosh, I'm sorry. <laughs> Yeah. That's... Yeah, boo-boo. I smell a picnic basket. <laughs> That's a classic.